Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the EIU Throws Podcast. This is your host and coach of the Throws for Eastern Illinois University, Noah Castle. On today's episode, we welcome on a very special guest, Director of Track and Field for EIU, Brenton Emanuel. We sat down and had an awesome conversation talking about how to implement a positive culture within your group, uh, adjusting the performance standards coming to a new team, how he's managed the adjustment going from an assistant coach to a head coach at a young age, managing a very young coaching staff, winning championships early on as a head coach, um, everything, recruiting, uh, anything really a, a coach could want to know. Uh, a very different episode for those of you who are just here for the throws content, but an awesome episode, I think, for all track and field coaches in general, and I think uh, has a lot of a lot of really positive stuff that all of us can build on. So I hope you guys enjoy. Coach E, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us, man. Excited to do this, be a part of this yeah. podcast. Yeah, so Coach E um, is my boss directly, so I had to get him on here at some point um, so he doesn't fire me in the near future. Um, I like that. Yeah, me too. I like, uh, I like working here. I like having this job, so I figured that'd be the main reason why I had you on. Um, so Coach E is an EIU alum, um, so I guess we'll kind of start there. Uh, obviously a big history of winning at EIU. Um, a very successful athlete. Just kind of talk about um, your time here as an athlete and how it influenced you uh, now as a coach. You know, um, you know my, my time as an athlete was, was great. You know, I think what brought me to Eastern was seeing this team compete at a Friday night special meet when I was a senior in high school and I watched them kind of come together um, right before conference. And then it was like the field house was has never been so loud before. And I was sitting in the stands just kind of watching on my visit. And I watched the, the all the – all the athletes and, the, and everyone that's involved in the program like treat each other and they're just like everyone's hanging out with everybody and I'm coming from a high school program that was six good athletes and that was really about it you know and watching a, a team kind of come together and track and field was, was really rare to me at that time and just watching that it's like I, I want to be a part of that I knew immediately I wanted to be a Panther and my time here you know was great you know I was a captain starting my sophomore year of college and so I had a, a chance to kind of change the culture because my freshman year, sadly, you know, I've had some, some highs at EIU and have some lows. And my, my freshman year on the team was the first time we lost outdoor, outdoor conference since like 2000. And, or 2000, yeah, 2000. So it had been like four years since we had lost. And of course, I'm a part of that. You know, that's part of my history here. And it was like, that sucked. And talking to one of the other captains, and we're like, you know, we have to be more of a family uh, and get back to the old ways and to kind of help bring that culture back to the program. You know, it's one of the, the other captains, like my best friend, Chris Wesson. Uh, essentially, like he's like a brother to me. Um, but we talked about, you know, how can we change the culture and bringing that family culture around. And that really changed the, the, the trajectory of the program, I think. I think from that point on, Eastern kind of really made a big statement in the Midwest. Um, and then, we, you know, we won four more championships right after that, that loss. And it was just kind of a great, great, great time. You know, I, if I could go back to that, I would in some ways. No. You know, like I miss sleeping, you know, yeah. more past 7.30 in the morning. But um, it was a great time. You know, I think just the campus and the team. I mean, I have, you know, five of those guys, were my, all my teammates were at my wedding um, two years ago, three years ago now. Um, it was pretty cool. So, like, it's a, it's definitely always been a family atmosphere. I think when I came back, I kind of added some little spice to it. But it's definitely a good, it was definitely a good experience here. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that's something that's the hallmark um, of this team we had this this year and then last year um, in your first year as head coach back here. Um, certainly the family atmosphere is something that's prevalent um, within this team and is a big reason for the success. So kind of jumping off of there, let's talk about 
making the transition from athlete to coach. Um, how did you go about kind of getting that first job? And uh, what was that process like for you? Yeah, I mean, the best thing that I did was after I was done competing, I took a year off. I was a, I was a NARP, you know, for a year going to grad school. And I worked in the athletic department as a GA for compliance. Um, and I, so I was kind of away from the program. Um, and I stayed away. I didn't come to meets. I didn't come to practice. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't watch a meet until outdoor conference where I, I was streaming the conference meet online. So I don't know what website we're using back then. It's probably dial-up internet. Yeah. Back in <laughs> Who knows if, what, what it was back then. But I remember watching the meet. I was like, man, I really do miss track now. And uh, I mentioned to Coach Akers that I wanted to, I wanted to get into coaching. And I was coming back the next fall to work in compliance again, um, do some admin stuff for uh, game day management. And luckily, two coaches, um, not so luckily, yes, they had some things going on in their life that they decided to leave. And there was two spots open. And he asked if I wanted to kind of help out. And so I spent my time doing compliance stuff um, in the, the spring of 20, 2009. And I was doing compliance and I'm coaching track. And it was just kind of a little, a little too much. And so the, the AD asked if I wanted to do compliance or track I'm like I'm never going back to that desk job send me to the track um, so I kind of you know I was blessed to kind of start my career here at, at EIU um, and I think you know the transition from athlete to coach um, was pretty easy easy because I had the respect of the men you know and the women they saw how much I, how hard I worked on a daily basis for those four to five years that I was here and I was a captain so they kind of had you know that respect for me already you know and, I, and I'm not a person that demands respect I think you have, you have to earn that if you earn respect you have to work hard and show through your actions, you know, who you are as a person. And so that wasn't, wasn't so bad. I think the hardest thing was when, when alumni would come down and visit, you know, like, hey, you should, we should hang out with so-and-so. I'm like, I don't know about doing that. You know, I have to be careful. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I think I'm honestly grateful for the opportunity because it was kind of for me, it was time for me to be here, uh, time for me to be here to kind of go through learning how to be a better coach. And, you know, I made mistakes. Also, I also learned a lot, and I think as Coach Akers, you know, gave me more things to do, and kind of you know gave me free reign on the sprints hurdle group, and you know for workout wise, it was like I kind of grew as a coach, and I think that really solidified my my decision into, to become a coach, um, and then kind of being here where you know once people that know me, so if I do make a mistake, it's not going to like turn it into the world, and I had you know I get a lot of support within the coaching staff, you know, and it was it was very comfortable, so I didn't have to worry about a, you know a whole lot, and when it came to recruiting no one knew EIU better than me. So, you know, I was able to sell the place um, very easily, still am today. You know, and I think that really helped kind of start my career on a, on a good foot. So how long, um, you know, your time as an assistant EIU uh, had a ton of success. Um, how, how was it kind of figuring out how to make your athletes better, um, how to build the relationship? Because like you said, you were a leader on the team um, when you were an athlete, uh, multiple time captain obviously had a big leadership role within everybody kind of guiding people, but that transition from guiding as an athlete to guiding as a coach and mentor is obviously something that, that can be pretty challenging. So how long did it take you to kind of figure out uh, what strings to pull programming, all of that stuff? Um, I would say programming, you know, as I was kind of learning like the first couple of years, um, you know, I liked the things we were doing, but I always felt like we could do some things differently. You know, if I, had the opportunity to run my own program fully, then I would do it this way. And so, mm -hmm. you know, during the evenings, when after I make my recruiting phone calls to about 9, 9.30, I'll sit in the office and just kind of make a training plan for the whole year of how, based on the workouts we were doing currently and how I would change them, keep them the same. And I did that for about a year and a half and I wrote my own program. So I had a whole year's worth of training already written up. Um, but then I think my second, third year I was here, 
So if I were to get an opportunity at another university, I could just kind of input that and just kind of go, which that doesn't work at all. <laughs> Believe me, you have to look at what the student athletes that you have um, and kind of base it off of that. But, you know, I think by my third year, third, fourth year, it was like I was trusted to kind of write the program, um, implement the workouts and kind of do my thing. And, you know, as far as building a relationship with the student athletes, I think, you know, because I never crossed that friendship boundary with them, you know, I, I would get close to them and talk to them because I was, you know, younger in age. But, you know, I always, you know, I kept it real with them, you know, through experience of my own, my own, through my former teammates, you know, and I would always relate that to, you know, something kind of, I think what's always helped me is I've always been kind of young in the sense where I can relate things to nowadays with them. And I just kind of kept it real with them. And, and you know, when it was time to me for me to be stern, I was stern. When it was time for me to be kind of like the, the good guy, Coach Akers should be the bad guy, I, I played that role. Um, and, you know, I think I, I took pride in making sure that he could trust me and so he didn't have to kind of watch over or just, you know, hold my hand. Uh, and I knew that I had to kind of balance those roles. And if I had to be hard on somebody, they respected it. And if I kept real with them, they got it. I remember um, 2000 and I think it was 13 was my last year here. So, so the spring of 2013, um, indoors, the men won. The women, you know, lose it for the first time um, in four years indoors. and Throughout the industry, I'm writing them hard. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm writing messages, sending them messages like, hey, you guys have to train harder. You have to, you have to want this. Nothing will be ever be given to you. And I remember I wrote this long email. It was probably like, in my mind, it was like six paragraphs or something yeah. about, you know, how you guys need to work harder. And, yet, you know, you guys don't want it. And Coach Akers always told me that that would always drive me crazy when student athletes don't train the way that you did or want it as much as you did as a student athlete. And I definitely today struggle with that as well because, I love the sport and I've always put 110% and some into this thing. And so when I, I was watching them kind of train, they were kind of just kind of going through it and they, they got kind of lackadaisical when it came to winning, they were kind of just used to it. Like, Oh, we're going to we'll win. We always win. We always come together. And it wasn't that case. And so that was the first time I think I, you could say I kind of turned up on them and that outdoor season was like no other for those girls. I mean, we had multiple school records. They, they killed it at conference. They, they, they won by over like 45 points or something ridiculous like that. And I think, you know, I'm not saying that was because of that, that email or how I kind of turned up on them, but I think that shows them how much I care about it and that shows my passion. You know, I think I've had some similar stories at ISU, similar, similar situations like that, but I think that kind of showed my passion towards them and they kind of really just bought into what I was, what I was saying, what I was doing and my belief in them by doing that. Yeah, I think that's a huge part um, when athletes see that, you know, you, you have that same investment that they have into it and then, you know, being able to, to work with you this past year, I think a lot of the times do a lot of stuff behind the scenes to kind of put the athletes in a great spot. Um, when some of, when they get a glimpse into that, I think they start to realize how much it means to you and it just kind of pushes them, um, you know, to perform better and perform better for the university, but then also the coach too. Um, so you talked a little bit about ISU, um, something that all of the Eastern fans listening to this will not appreciate too much, but Obviously, a very successful time there for you. Um, seven national qualifiers, five All-Americans. Um, the associate head coach um, towards uh, your last year there, associate yep, head coach. Year, yep. yep. Um, you know, Midwest Regional Assistant of the Year uh, by our coaches association. So a ton of success. So sadly, we have to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about, um, you know, you had one stop in between um, at Cal yep. U. Um, what was the adjustment like coming back to Illinois and being at Illinois State? Um, you know, I was excited to be home at, at 
back in Illinois and see my be closer to my family. Um, that was probably the best thing about it coming back. The hardest thing was wearing red and black all the time. Yeah. All my EIU people would give me crap about it. You know, I, I if I came to a meet or Eastern was at and a, fa- a family was there that I, you know, I coach or they were still on the team, whatever it may be, I got so much crap about wearing red. Um, so I started wearing black when I was Eastern at meet, so I wouldn't have to hear about the red. Um, so that, you know, that part was kind of tough, you know, just kind of dealing with that. And But I think what really kind of changed my tenure there for me was that my first meet as a, as a coach there at IOSU, we came to Eastern. And I was so excited. I'm like, you know, I'm going to show Coach Akers that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to work on, on his guys and his yeah. girls. I'm going to tear them up. And I forgot how well I recruited here, for one. And they had a really, 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 really good class and really good athletes. And they went to work on us. And so I was like, I was so mad. I was like, I, I think I said, you know, I'm so disappointed in you guys. You guys are so much better than this. Blah, blah, I'm going off and on the bus ride home, just silent. The next day, I'm sitting in my apartment in my recliner looking at a blank TV, not just turned down, just like, what did I do wrong? Like, I'm such a bad coach. And the high jump coach there calls me. He goes, like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. I'm just sitting in my apartment doing nothing, staring at a blank TV. He's like, why? It's like, my kids didn't run very fast. He's like, you realize like 95% of them PR'd yesterday. I was like, what? And I had to uh, had to bite my tongue and, and, and really go, I, don't much. I had to kind of just choke down my pride and say, hey, I'm really sorry to those, those student athletes. But that right there, I think, really established my my intensity, but also they saw, they saw how much I cared in them, how much I believed in them as well. And I think from that point on, those student athletes worked their butt off, and they gave me everything that they had. And I think we went from a program where you know I had to kind of come back in and rebuild a relationship with those coaches um, and those coaches in the state of Illinois, Indiana, and Missouri because there was like a they had a bad taste in mouth in Illinois State sprints, and in a lot of ways. When I was at Eastern, I was like, oh, you can go to Illinois State if you want to. You know, yeah. We'll come with them and we'll roll you guys up. Yeah. And, and I, so I know I, I had to kind of change the culture within the coaching community and so that they were, they were going to be different, you know, that I'm going to get these kids to run faster. We're going to do some things on the bigger stage. Um, so I had to really, really get out there and recruit like I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Going to high school meets, driving everywhere. I, I spent more time in a university vehicle than I probably spent in my life that first year. <laughs> just rebuilding relationships and a lot of it, it helped that you know there's a lot of EIU alum out there that coach at high school um and then hosting the, st- the state meet here I got a chance to meet a lot of different coaches and so they were happy to see me to see that I was here and then it was time for me to kind of prove to them that they could trust me with their student athletes they're, they're, that they're going to progress and they're going to get better and I think mm-hmm. by doing that really really helped our success there at ISU um and it was it was fun it was hard at the same time but it was, it was definitely a good time for me get, definitely I get a piece of the, you know, I don't think I would be where I'm at today without that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you talk about obviously the recruiting piece being huge there. Um, you also had to, to do a, a great job developing the athletes too. Um, you know, qualifying uh, multiple people to the NCAA indoor meet, uh, which many people um, in the track and field community is one of the hardest meets to qualify for in the world. Um, so you get these good athletes in, uh, you walk into a situation that required a lot of cultural repair. Um, how'd you go about building up that culture and then developing the athletes that you had? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I, first thing I said in was like, we're going to be, as a group, we're going to be a family. You know, we're going to work together. You guys are going to push each other. Because I, I noticed talking to them in the individual meetings I had with them is that they were very, very self-oriented. You know, like, I think you have to be, to certain extent with track and field, you have to look out for yourself. But you also have to, push your teammates because they're going to make you better as well and you know I was I heard stories like oh they would drop out of workouts or they would go to the training room they would do this or do that and it's like I just said point blank 
these things will not happen. If these are going to happen, you're not going to be around. And when it, when it comes to these target times, you better hit them. And if you don't hit them, he's gonna, you're going to be doing pushes after right after practice. And so I just was hard, and, and which is good for me because I think, you know, I've always been kind of a quiet, laid-back person with what probably, you know, people most people say about me. And that kind of got me out of my shell. And through that intensity, I think that they really bought into it. They're like, they, it was something different from what they were used to. I was on them about everything, you know, and they were hitting target times, they were being pushed. But, you know, I think, you know, from that first meet where I was like yelling at them for running PR and basically to that year, they really, you know, had a lot of success and they were the fastest they had ever been. And so that sold them on me. And then from that point on, they started recruiting for me. You know, they would come on, a, kids would come on a visit. And it was like, oh, this kid's coming here uh, based on talking to those student athletes. And um, the development piece, you know, it was, that's probably the, the part that I would say that one of the things that I love most um, about coaching is, is going to work with someone and see where they're at when they come in and to where they leave. And, you know, I would tell them, you know, a two-year window, this is my goal for you. You know, I'm, I'm very upfront about the goals and I'll put them on, on the chalkboard because one of the hardest things to do in the world is for someone to write a goal on a piece of paper or on a chalkboard, whatever it may be, and stick to it. And so I said, hey, this is my goal for you guys. I want you guys to be here. Nationals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, coach. You know, I'm, you say it, we'll do it. And, you know, they really, were, really, really worked well together. Um, a lot of kids from, from Illinois, so they kind of knew each other. So it was like friends coming together to, to, to train with each other and just kind of push each other was, was really great. And I think that really helped, helped me. And, and also when I went outside the box, you know, my, my second year there, I completely changed my training up. You know, I went from the guy that went out a year and a year's worth of training that I thought I could just use and just copy and paste. No, it doesn't work that way. But I went from, you know, maybe doing 4,000, 3,000 meters in a workout of volume to going down to 1,500 and really focusing on speed. And I said, you know, either I'm going to get fired or they're going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily for me, they blew up. <laughs> and I didn't get fired. Um, and so they really, really kind of bought into that. And I think I evolved as a coach. I started studying more. You know, I started doing things that I had never really done before. Or I was kind of worried that, well, it's not the norm. So I kind of went, went outside the norm and kind of did things my own way. And I, and I established myself as a coach. I did my own type of training, like things that I thought were right. As opposed to like, well, when the book says this, when the book says that, it's like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going to look at what I have. I'm going to do it based on that. So, you know, you know, at our convention, you go to, you go to symposiums, you have people talking about, hey, I think I run 46, you know, one this year, and I am doing this, X, Y, Z. It's like, well, I don't get kids out of high school running 46. I get kids out running 49, 50 point. You try to make them run 46. And so how, like, how does that work out pertain to them? And so once I kind of, you know, it, it clicked for me, I just kind of you know, became a scientist, like, I'm going to try this, try that. And then, like, it really worked out really well for them. And the kids really bought into it. Um, and I saw the strides they were making. I mean, they were making huge gains week after week. And I was like, all right. And they're not, and they're not dead when it comes to regionals, when it comes to nationals. And I think that also changed the mindset because their mindset was to, like, be competitive and maybe make regionals. Like, no, let's make regionals and let's go to nationals. Like, let's go, let's do something bigger than what we've ever done before. And I think that's what really helped that culture grow and helped me grow as a coach as well. Yeah, I think something that's <clears throat> interesting, too, you talk about um, getting your athletes prepared for regionals and, and NCAAs, obviously, but, you know, in your time at Illinois State, you guys absolutely dominated um, the Missouri Valley. So how do you manage, um, you know, you talk about being a, a lower volume um, on the distance side, how do you manage getting them ready for conference and making sure that physically and mentally, emotionally, they're focused on conference? but also kind of keeping them in good physical shape and good mental shape um, for the four weeks that happen after conference. 
And the key thing is, is I tell them, you know, we got to take it one race at a time, one meet at a time. And so they really, really, um, I, I, even now, they understand that you take it one thing at a time. You can't really think about what's next until you get go through what's in front of you at that moment. And, you know, when I came to conference, I said, hey, I try not to load them up too much, but also prepare them for, like, the intensity of, you know, doing four high-intensity races in a day, you know. And the biggest thing is recovery after that meet is what do you do after that meet? You know, my first year that I was there, I had a nice qualifier, Andy Anderson Devonish went in the four. And maybe a week later, I'm having him run 250s, and he's, like, destroyed. Now, again, that was, that was my fault. There's only, like, two of them. I'm like, oh, this is a good workout. I think this would this be really good for him. At that point, you're not working on anything else but just stay, keeping staying, staying fast and staying healthy. So you have to nationals, and I think he ran. I mean, he, he ran like 46 seven, probably his worst race all year. But you know, like he was, he's like, Coach, I was nervous. I'm like, yeah. So then, like a week later, he goes to his, his national championships in, in Barbados. He runs like 47 eight again. I had him do a workout like on Monday. I'm like, <laughs> I just destroyed this kid. I was like, yeah. he's like, Coach, I, I think I'm just kind of tired from here. I was like, yeah, I think I think your coach messed up at this point. And so. That, that that's what kind of got me thinking about how to kind of scale back the volume and making sure that we focus on speed here. And after conferences, they, they, they mentally kind of recharge. So I give them a couple days off after conference just to kind of get their mind right. And then I'll have them do like a bunch of recovery stuff in the training room for three or four days after that. And then we'll do something kind of light just to kind of keep the engine running, nothing crazy anymore. No, no more 250, something like that. Um, and then as we prepare for regional, it's like, you know, you basically have gotten here. And also, one thing originals, I don't have them do multiple events. Like in the past, I was younger coach, they would do, if they qualified in the four and the two, they would do two, four, relay or something like that. It's like, no, you know what? If you're going to make a national, you, you have to kind of focus on one event because it's so hard with how the schedule is kind of set up and just the intensity. I mean, you got guys out there running nine, nine in the hundred. You guys guys running sub 20 in the 200 at regionals, 45, 44. So it's like, you can't expect someone to run, you know, be top 12 in two events from a smaller school when they're, when they're coming back after running four events at a conference championship, you know, and, you know, I tell them that the goal is to win conference, but we also have to be successful at regional and national. And I try to make sure that I, the training fits that they, they can, can, they can um, take on the intensity, but they also can um, focus on their, their events at regional. Like with Andy, his senior year, he qualified in the, the one, the two, the four, the four by one, the four by four. And that meet, he only ran the four. He wanted to run the two. That was him. He, he begged me to run the two. He, he just ran 20.55. So he better run the team. I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea. He's like, come on, coach. So he runs 45.97. He comes back, runs 22.5 because he's dead tired <laughs> <laughs> after that 400. And then he, and then he anchors like a 45 something on the four by four. And he's like, coach, you were right. So, and one thing about me as a coach, I will tell you what I think, you know, and I'll, I'll do it. And if you really beg me on something, I'm like, you know what? I'll let you do it. I'll let you go out there and see how it is. Yeah. And you, you've noticed as a coach, I did the same yeah. thing to you guys, you know. I'll let you guys figure it out on your own. And he's like, all right, coach, you're right. I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so yeah. I try to tell you. Um, but, you know, and I, I try to keep it real with him. And, and, like, for him, that was a peace of mind for him. Like, he had to go run that 200 one time at the regional meet. It's like, you can do it, but it's not going to go very well. We know this. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. 22.5 later. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's comforting for me to hear that I'm not the only person that's been Mr. Miyagi'd by you um, <laughs> throughout my learning process and obviously the process with the athletes. So, but hey, I mean, those are lessons that will stick forever. Um, I'm sure for him competing after, he definitely learned his lesson. Um, he definitely did. <laughs> um, that's great. Makes me, like I said, makes me feel a lot better. Um, so let's talk about coming back to, to EIU. Um, you know, like had a ton of success as an assistant. 
Um, how did you know it was time for you to kind of make the jump uh, to being a head coach at a really young age? You know, um, I go back to um, internationals that year, 2018, talking to Lonnie Green, one of your former head coaches. You know, he came up to me and said, you know, you're doing a lot of, a lot of great things at, in Missouri Valley. So I was in that conference. I never just, I never did some things you're doing right now. And some other coaches, you know, like Vince Anderson told me, I went to his, his uh, camp in the, when I was in high school, senior in high school. So Justin Gatlin was there and he was like my idol at the time. Yeah. And Vince says, you know, I, I, he didn't remember me from that time. He, I said, hey, I went to your camp back in 2002. He didn't, he didn't remember <laughs> yeah. that. He was like, if I keep seeing you around at these meets, it means you're doing a pretty good job as a coach. So, you know, and, and so I saw him in other meetings, like, I guess you're doing a pretty good job, you know, as I got to nationals. And, um, I had some other schools kind of reach out to me, you know, to say, would I be interested in maybe talking to them after the season was done? And here, Coach Akers retired, and he he reached out to me about coming back home to replace him. And at that time, you know, if you would have asked me, you know, in March of 2018, would I be coming back to Eastern, I probably would have said no. Um, I was like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I'm about to have a kid in July. You know, I just was like, uh, what do I, you know, what do I do with my life? And I kind of knew my time at ISU would probably be coming to an end within the next year or two. And so as I start kind of thinking about it, um, I got home for spring break. Yeah, obviously, you know, my, my, my knee was in a, I was in a brace because I, <laughs> I ruptured my patella tendon to celebrate with my athletes at conference. So I can't go anywhere. So we're, we're during spring break. I'm just sitting on the couch. I'm like, what do I want to do? And I talked to my wife about it. And she's like, you know, I said, I, I already know what you're going to do. Like, what is this? Like, am I going to tell you until you say? So then another day went by. I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I said, you know, I would feel pretty bad if I if I would not if I did not apply for the EIU job, and so I tell her I think I'm gonna apply for it. I'm gonna reach out to Tom Michael, um, our AD here, and I'm gonna apply for the job. She's like, I knew you were gonna do that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I just knew you were gonna do it. You just I didn't need you to realize it, you know. And and she's good for she's good for that. She's like, I, I can tell you what you're gonna do, but I know you're not gonna do it until you until you're ready to do it. So she Mr. Miyagi to you all the time. Yeah, this is where I get it from. I get it from her. This is me all the time, and so. You know, as I thought about it, it's like, you know, I would hate for someone to come and take over this program and run into the ground or God knows what could happen. You know, I don't know. Like, I just like, I, I know I have to apply for it. And um, so I reached out to him. We we met a couple of times and here I am now. And I knew that, you know, it was my time to kind of kind of grow as a coach. Either I was going to go to a bigger school, power five school, or be a head coach. And I said, you know, if I'm going to be a head coach, I want to be a coach at Eastern, you know, for that first time around. And uh, here I am now. And it's been great being back here. Um, being able to put my my stamp on yeah, you, know, you track and field and cross country and meet with some more of the alums like one thing I think that really helped me out is that as a student athlete I always talk to everyone on the team whether you're distance throws jumps I try to get to know you and know your name now when we best friends probably not not everybody but I knew everyone I would talk to everybody um, I would cheer everyone on you know I'd make sure that was that was a staple of who I was as, as a student athlete and as a coach I try to do the same thing and I think that's something that's really helped me adjust to being a head coach that the distance kids know who I am. I'm not just a, a he's the head coach, but we never see him. I, I, I would hate for them to say that about me. Uh, one of my friends, John Michael Brandt, is a assistant coach at ISU. And he said, don't be that sprint coach, head coach, but you don't talk to distance kids. Yeah. <laughs> I said, all right, I got you. And I, I, that's, that was great advice, though, because I, I see how important they are. I see how everyone, throwers, you know, it's, if you want to win championships as a team, you have to be able to talk to them and have them, buy into what you're, what you're selling as, as a head coach. And I think that was really important for me as I came back to make sure that I, that I talked to those student athletes. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, so 
you know, obviously coming from a very story track and field tradition here at EIU, we're closing in on 50 conference championships, um, which is a lot for those that don't know. Um, really exciting time to, to be a part of EIU track and field. But when you got here, um, you know, wasn't quite the year in year out success um, that you guys were having during your time as an athlete and as an assistant. But then in year one, uh, the men went outdoor, and then now in year two, uh, we're just coming off an indoor championship as well. Um, how'd you go about kind of creating the culture that you guys had here as an athlete and just raise the bar? Um, because like you said earlier, obviously we've always had a lot of conference success, but we haven't really set our sights towards being a power in the region and then getting people consistently to NCA. So how have you balanced all of that and kind of raised expectations um, while creating good culture along the way? Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing, you know, so that my first year as head coach last year, I was driving three hours a day, uh, hour and a half there, there and back. And so one reason that I took the job is because I knew that I could handle a drive like that for that year um, and that the culture would be what I was used to. It's like what I thought. And when I get here, um, it's not the same. You know, some of the athletes just, you know, as far as their buy-in and their commitment to it was not the same level that I am to that I bring every single day to this job. And I had to be okay with being the bad guy and saying, hey, you know, this is, you're not a fit for this program, the program that I want to have, because I, I, my goals for this program is to be winning conference on a consistent basis, or I'd say winning, I should say winning, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say winning on a consistent <laughs> basis. Um, getting kids, the reason I get kids to nationals, you know, and I think some people, um, just their mindset and just their activities outside of here were not what, was not what I wanted. Um, I had to be okay with saying, you know, I think it's time for you to move on, you know, and that was something that was really new to me, um, was kind of being the bad guy and making, making changes like that. And so once I did that, I think, you know, I kind of let them know that this is more than just to be a part of something. I want to be, I want to be better than that. Just, just don't be a part of the team because you want to have that, you know, you know, people say, oh, they're a part of the team, but like, what are you doing to contribute to the culture, to the, to this program? And letting people know that if, if you were someone that was, they were, were not in, you know, in a good light with the previous coaching staff or whatever it may be, you're not going to be around here anymore because we need, we need to make sure that we have people out here that want to get better, that want to be successful, and they want to do things at, at, a, at a bigger level. Um, and I think, you know, in that first year, 25 people um, were asked to leave this program. You know, like some, their own choices. Some were kind of asked to, you know, I think it's, it's better for you. Um, and I think that was pretty hard for me, you know, being that type of person you know, as far as being in that role because I never kind of had to be, I'd do that before. But I knew, um, I remember talking to Coach Brad Butler, and he was like, you know, yeah, I think you're kind of crazy, but I'll go, I'll support you, you know. And I remember um, as we were finding out the, kind of the points up at Outdoor Conference last year, and he's like, we did it. And he's like, you know, I thought you were crazy, but you did it your way, and we won. And I think that really kind of solidified the, the, all the work that we went through last year of just changing the culture. Like, hey, we have to be a family. You have to support each other. You know, don't just say you're going to do it, and don't wait till conference. Do it now, you know, and, and I think, you know, also providing more team activities for the team, you know, whether, you know, it's a bowling party, ice cream, you know, this, this past year we had a um, award banquet for the previous season, doing little things like that really go a long way, you know, and, and especially if the coaching staff is all on the same page and we're close, the students, will, they will see that. And I think, you know, that's one thing that I think we have as a staff now is that we're very, very close. You know, we can joke around, you and I are Bears fans along with Coach Butler. Um, Nikki's a terrible Chiefs fan, which I don't know why. Um, yeah, bandwagon. Literally, you know, but, <laughs> and then you have Coach Aaron who drops, you know, our little one-liners all the time and just kind of for you, you know, yeah. like we have a really, really good vibe. And I think 
it starts with us. If we are, if we're close to the staff and we work hard and we show them our commitment to it, the students will buy into it. And I think that really helped us this year um, being really successful. And um, I can, you know, I, I won't say that it wasn't like that last year, but it, it's a lot better this year. You know, I think we're heading in a good direction and I'm very excited to see what, you know, you can do, Coach Nicky can do and Coach Aaron can do because you guys are all talented coaches. I've done a great job recruiting this, this, this year. You know, I think for two new coaches, you know, I think you guys have probably over 15 recruits already committed for this class. And I think that's pretty darn amazing because I remember my first class, I think I had three. I was like, yeah, I did some big <laughs> <enough>, baby. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, um, you know, coming into a new situation for both myself and speaking for uh, Coach Nicky, um, you know, we walked into a, a very unique situation. I think one that, that really uh, is, has been special. I think, you know, being in the state of Illinois and being able to recruit a lot of a lot of people who know EIU from coming to the state meet and, you know, they grow up with dreams of getting to the blue track um, and competing uh, here at the state meet and then, you know, finding out that they want to come to EIU. There's a lot of people in the surrounding area, whether it be St. Louis, Indiana, that we've had a, a lot of success in and been really fortunate here in, in year one for us. Um, you know, look out, Miles Split just put out that list of seniors who signed the other day. And there's so many jumps people um, coming to EIU. I think Coach Nicky did an awesome job, you know, recruiting all of the talent in the state. Um, and then obviously having you as our mentor, uh, consistently uh, Mr. Miyagiing us um, <laughs> and showing us, showing us your dark Jedi ways um, has been really helpful for both of us too. And then, you know, Coach Aaron um, does an awesome job of, of doing it. Um, her way and just showing us how she does it um, and she has done it for a really long time and really successful here in creating culture and recruiting um, and has been an awesome influence on both of us too. So I think for speaking for myself and for her, you know, we, we do have a very close staff and definitely feel very fortunate to be a part of, of something that I think is, is really, really great. And, you know, like I said, we're one for one on possible championships so far in our tenure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's something definitely that, that we all feel good about. Um, so I guess from there, you know, having a new staff, um, you know, adding, um, somebody to specifically do the jumps, um, having a really experienced, um, and a coach and, and coach Aaron Howard who has a ton of accolades too. And, and coach Butler over there on the distance side have a really big history. How do you go about kind of weighing the needs of the assistant coach inside of you? Um, and knowing that sprints are definitely a way to win versus kind of the needs of the whole staff and the team in general. You know, I think that's, you know, I was, I was talking to another coach recently. I think that's what you have to realize as a head coach that it's bigger than what you're used to as an assistant coach. You have to think of the big picture. Um, you know, and I, you know, keep, want you guys here and hire you guys just to go coach two athletes. I hired mm -hmm. you guys to recruit and to, I said, I'll help you guys become better coaches. And so how can you do that if you don't give anyone any scholarship or student athletes to work with? And I think, in some ways, you know, last year I was coaching jumps, multis, and so Nikki's been a you know fresh breath, fresh breath air for me. Now I'm a coach, jumps, multis, hurdles, sprints, and relays. Um, but you know, like you guys can recruit, you know, and you know I think the, the key thing for me is finding people that you know do things that I, uh, you know, are, are not good at or just don't want to do. To be honest with you, sometimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest, but at the same time, you know, you guys bring a different you know perspective to. Um, to coaching you, you know you guys have a younger vibe and like you know it's kind of it's kind of it's been 
kind of heartbreaking to me this year. I realized I'm an older coach now. Yeah. I'm not a young coach. Like the <laughs> longest time, I think when I was actually, you know, Bovi would say, oh, our staff's so young. And it's like, now I'm like, I'm old. Like, what, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you know, we're talking about my picture, you know, my wife, she was like, I had a full, good old, just, I'm just going to try to stick still now, but it yeah. had more hair. And it's like, the hairline was looking good. <laughs> yeah. face, you know, but, um, you know, having, you know, you guys bring in the energy that maybe I don't have because, you know, like now my, my mindset is looking at the whole picture and, you know, finding people that, you know, buy into that, our culture of being a family, knowing that it's not going to be perfect, it's not going to be easy, that you guys are willing to work and grind and find those, those diamonds in the rough. You know, I think you guys have a good eye for talent. And one thing that you guys both have, you know, you guys have, you guys love track and field, you know, being around people that love the sport, eat the sport, like they, you, you guys said you can talk about track to 2 a.m. And I believe it. You know, and our conversations I have with both of you guys, it was over, well over an hour, you know, over an hour talking about track and field. And I knew from my, my gut feeling is, I want to say 99% chance we're always right. And you guys knew, you guys know track and field, you guys know how to recruit already. You guys don't, you guys, at first you guys, I don't know what, what I should do. You guys are kind of like yeah. questioning, like, but you guys knew it. You guys had just had to get, get out there and do it. And you have to have that grind mentality. And I think, you know, one thing that by me, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect, I'm not, per, I'm not a perfect person by any means. When it comes to grinding and recruiting, those are my two things that I, that I have to do and I, and I love to do. And you guys have those same traits. And so finding people that are kind of like you as well, because then, you know, you're always going to grind, you're always going to be successful. And I think with this recruiting class, you know, that we brought in is, you know, I was, I didn't, I didn't know how it was going to be, you know, like, you know, two new coaches, you know, what's it going to be like? And it's like, it's way better than I could ever expected. Um, again, you look at, you know, across the board, I think it's probably one of the best in the Midwest still, you know, I think after their, their first year, my people are like, why, how do these find these kids? It's because we find those diamonds in the rough. That's yeah. what we do, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, Coach Aaron, she she is honestly one of, one of the all-time favorite coaches because her first day on her job here at EIU, she had a recruit, one of the best girls in the state of Illinois. Aaron had no had no idea where to go, yet she had one of the top girls in, in the state of Illinois on a visit. Um, she, she 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 actually committed to her her former boss in New Mexico, and then transferred here that next semester. But who does that? Your first yeah. day on a job, you have a recruiter on campus, like. <laughs> There's no way. But, you know, someone to ISU, my first day at ISU, I had a recruit on campus, though. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I, I, I had this, like, you know, Aaron did, I got to do that. But, you know, Aaron, in her own way, she, like, she is a, a great coach and finding those diamonds up as well. You look at, you know, Dustin Hadfield, did not, did not run cross country because he's a wrestler. Or he, he didn't run cross track. I can't remember which one it is now. But he did not do one of those sports. He had, because he's a wrestler. And that was what, was what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And she found him. You look at him, he's one of our best gonna be one of our best all time you know it's yeah. just that's what we do we we, we, we cover every, uh look, every, look under every single rock to find student athletes and find those kids that are really really good for us yeah and i think um she's somebody who like you said always has like those little clever one-liners um and it's always i remember when i first got here i was like man coach howard three doesn't talk that much um now she's just kind of biding her time and then digs in, digs in, and then always gets one. Um, so she tries to gang up on me uh, whenever we get going to Coach Nikki, but most of the time it's Nikki's fault, just like everything else. Um, so we'll kind of talk about, you know, we talked about recruiting quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously you've been one of the best recruiters in the area for a long time. Um, you know, in-state talent, St. Louis, like we mentioned earlier. Um, what are you kind of looking for when you're recruiting an athlete and, and what makes somebody a good athlete for EIU? You know, things I always say, you know, 
maybe very cliche, but I'll, you know, I want people that work hard, not only in the track, but also in the classroom, have good character, and they'll add value to our team, you know, and if they have those things, you know, um, that's a great start for me, you know, and obviously, you know, our, our, our sport is very honest, like it's the time or the mark, so yeah. um, I want fast people, but you know, I'll, I'll talk to your high school coach and, and the high school coach, you know, that I, it's one that I trust. I mean, I, I have a lot of contacts now, just, you know, working the state meet when I was here as a system coach and just um, over the years as kind of just meeting new people, I will talk to them. And I have, you know, a circle, a circle of coaches that I, I really, really trust with the student athletes because one, all the coaches are going to be honest with me. You know, I've had, a, you know, in the past I had a coach say, oh, this kid's a great kid. He never does anything wrong. And then he gets here and he gets in trouble. I'm like, hey, did you know this kid was doing these things? Oh well, I thought I thought it would get better in college. No, they, they don't get better in college. That does not happen. And so, that coach has kind of been he put in my I don't contact pile of, of coaches yeah. now. He is a student athlete, but you know I, I want people that want to be a part of this and, and they see the bigger picture. You know, and you know I think for us, you know, being a part of the of the family atmosphere, you have to be committed to that. And I think you're going to have success individually. You know, I believe that you know our coach staff is really good. And I think I can coach you as well, but you have to be wanting to be part of this family atmosphere and see mm -hmm. the bigger picture for us. Because if you have a good, you know, structure and just culture with your team, you're going to get better, you know, and like for us, we have really some really good coaches here. So you're going to get, not only are you going to have a, a good family culture on a daily basis, you're going to have good coaching. And so I want kids that, you know, that want to be here, um, the kids that are committed to, to working hard and seeing, um, you know, believe in the goals that I've set for them, you know, and, understand that I'm going to be demanding. I'm going to push, I'm going to push it like, like you never even pushed before, but at the end of the day, it's because I care, not because I'm being mean or because of you know, or something like that. It's because I want to bring the best out of you. You know, like my goal, um, I tell every single coach, uh, parent and student athlete that, you know, my goal is for them to, to graduate, get the degree and make sure that they leave here with a diploma, but also with a lot of success and some rings on those fingers. You know, and I, I'm, I'm going to push you to do both those things. I'm going to hold you accountable in the classroom and I'm going to push you on the track, you know, but not because I'm mad at you. It's because I, you know, I want to see the best for you. And a lot of those, I think, are from, you know, either past teammates that I had that didn't have that opportunity. They may have uh, gone on the wrong road or athletes that I've coached in the past that just didn't see the bigger picture. And it's like, I don't want that for my student athletes. I want them to, to see, to have success, you know, the cross man, the track, and I'm going to push you both ways, you know, and yeah. so are our coaching staff. I think that's really helped uh, me and in the coaching aspect. Yeah, so um, I think it's interesting you bring up um, the culture. You know, we've touched on it a little bit here, but culture is something that is really um, – the family culture is the core belief of kind of what we do here at, at Eastern Illinois. Um, also, the past two assistants we, we've had on, and, and Travis Coleman and um, Andrew Nino, have both talked about the importance of kind of – putting that as priority number one. Um, you know, you can bring in some of the best recruits in the country and bring them on campus, but if they don't want to be a part of that family, that they can suck the life out of the training group right away. Um, how do you go about kind of evaluating culture fits um, throughout the recruiting process or once they're here, how do you kind of go about cultivating that as well? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I think, you know, on those official visits, you know, you only have 48 hours on an official visit, so it's kind of tough. But I, well, I have our student athletes be involved in those visits as much as possible because, you know, when I was when I was you know, younger um, as a student coach, I didn't understand the importance of that. You know, I would see their time and I liked them. That's great, but that isn't you know, it's the other 22 hours in the day that they're even for two hours in the day, you have them for on the track and you have them in the weight room. So to the other 22 hours of the day, what are they doing? What is what are those student athletes doing? And 
and who they hang out with. And I think it's really important they get to meet with the team. And with our team, it's really, they're very, very honest. I asked them, hey, be honest, was, 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 did you like them? Can you see them being here? Can you see that person working hard with you? Or, And, you know, I take it into account. I can't say that I always take the full, that's, they said no, then no, no. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that does matter because, you know, they're going to have to work out with them. And I, I will ask other coaches about them. You know, have you seen the so-and-so? Um, a lot of my, you know, a lot of my coaching contacts are, are track junkies, so they know a lot, like all the kids, and they'll they'll contact me by kids that they don't even coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want to make sure, you know, when I meet them, you know, I'll be honest, my gut, my gut feeling has always given has been really a great tool to me. Um, and I ask some questions. I ask you know, how they interact with their parents. You know, are they respectful to their parents? Because someone who's, who who will disrespect their parents in front of me is definitely someone I don't want in my in yeah. my program. You know, I think that's really important. It's like, you know, how do you treat your parents? Because if the person that's buying you everything and supporting you and you treat them like that, what's going to happen here? You know, and that's, that's also something that I think and I'll talk to other coaching staff because, you know, I think, you know, one thing that I've learned now being in this role and having this title is that people aren't as forthcoming with things as they are as an assistant coach. And so yeah. um, when you guys kind of get a feel for them and having you guys involved in those visits has, has really helped as well. Cause the thing that I've learned quickly is that they're almost trying to impress you as a head coach. And it's like, mm-hmm. Just cut through all that stuff. Let's get to the yeah. get to the realness, you know. Um, and so it's it's been like you know I have to rely on you guys to get to be in contact with them. And I think you guys have really given some great feedback on recruits this year. That was like, yeah, I really like that kid. Or what I thought, you guys confirmed it for me as well. And so I know you know trusting my staff and trusting those student athletes to get a feel for those individuals has been really helpful um, in finding the right fit for EIU. Because um, you know not you know not you know you can't force someone to be here you know and and you know, everything, you know, offers are important, but also make sure they want to be here and they understand what we want of them and they can abide by those things is also a big thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, great answers. Um, I think that's something that, you know, this team as a whole is looking for right now is people that are going to be cultural fits and, and how important the, you know, you fit within the team. Um, and, and that want to is so important for what we're building here. Um, obviously we have a lot of talented athletes, but you know, the, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts, um, especially in this sport and trying to be successful at the conference level. So from there, let's kind of go to a little bit of training talk. Um, we've had two throws coaches on here. So a little bit of a different perspective. Um, so an athlete shows up here, um, you know, you recruited him the whole time. They show up on day one. How do you go about kind of conceptualizing um, their development within that year and then within the four years um, as well? Yeah, I mean, the key thing, you know, everyone always asks me, you know, when they come in, you know, you're coaching uh, in high school, I never did the four by four. You know, what happens in college? It's like you're, probably, you're, you're on the four by four in college. That's yeah. going to be a given. Um, so, you know, with most of the you know, I kind of I talk to them beginning of the year before the season starts and ask, you know, where do they see themselves at event-wise? Where do they see their strengths at? And given what I think, you know, based on what I recruited them off of, you know, I think you could be, you know, you were more one, two in high school, but I see you being really good at the two, four based on your build. And I give them all the, you know, explanations of why. And the first, you know, six weeks of training is kind of built on just conditioning. And so you're training with the, the groups are kind of intermingled as long and short together. So workouts are all the same. And so I can kind of get a feel of where they're training at and how they're doing, you know, in progression throughout that, that, that base training we call and then once we kind of hit October, we kind of hit our season. So then that's when I kind of I break them up into long and short, one, two, two, four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I have a couple of 4A guys in growth to train with me as well. And so as I try to kind of break them up, at that point, we start doing some more, some higher intensity, not 
crazy high intensity, but a little bit more intensity than we've been doing in the past um, during that period of time. And I kind of see how they kind of respond to that different training. So like for us, again, like I, I mentioned, I think I said 1500 meters when I was at ISU, I've increased it a whole 500 meters to 2000 now. Yeah. Um, just cause I felt like we need a little bit more, this fitness, this get throughout the year. But, you know, I, I see, I kind of do it like that. And all my student athletes from one to four, and I can say one day, cause that's many hundred people can run a good four by four. And the one, two can run the four by four and the two, four can run the four by one. You know, I make sure that I tell them, I don't just build, you know, a spread, I build, I'm building monsters. You know, I want mm-hmm. you guys to be able to, to compete in multiple events. And so by doing that, you know, I think, you know, on Mondays um, and Thursdays, it's really focused on speed development. You know, we work on, we do some 30s, we're doing blocks, we're doing plyometrics. Um, and on Tuesdays, it's our kind of our endurance type workout, you know, so we'll do some longer intervals for the long sprinters, which could be nothing more than 350 meters, maybe 400 occasionally. I can't tell you last time I did a 400 meter um, interval in a practice, to be honest with you. Mm. Because now, what I will say though is, I do some overtraining. So I do, like, I don't do 400 necessarily. I, I'll do like one 500 at the pace of the 400 where I want them to get out at. Yeah. So um, they'll you know do a 500 and maybe like three times 300 or something like that in a workout. And on that 500 at, through 400, I want them at a certain time. So if it's like you're running out at um, you know 52 pace for the men, let's say that's like where that's someone who's running like 47, 46. I want you at 52 to the four, or maybe a little bit faster than 51, depending on who it is. And then the woman, it could be at 60, 61. I want you at that 400 meter mark. You're going to, you know, the last 100 will be a, a, pretty much a fast ride. That's the only time I really I run anything over 400 meters in, mm-hmm. in an interval. And people are like, I think that's kind of crazy, but I can get what I want out of it because the next part of it is kind of the more endurance base and not a lot of rest. You know, I did some 300s, we did some 250s and stuff like that. And then on Friday, we'll come back and we'll work on this more special speed development. So it's like a, I have a chart that kind of, I guess what it kind of calls it and, and focus on different systems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, long term, we'll do some 150s, you know, work on their, their, their top end and speed um, endurance. And short term, we'll do like 150, 190, 90 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that really has really helped, you know, kind of have a balanced training. I, I would say my, my training, if I had one word for it, would be just balanced. Like it's mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not too fast. We're doing 30, 60 all the time. You know, I think there's a system out there called Feed the Cat that is more, um, is 60 or below. And mm-hmm. I see it on Mondays and Thursdays, but I can't do it. It's not full training. I just can't yeah. do it. I can't, I, I can't figure out how it'll work for the long sprints. And so I've, I've, you know, I think there's some good things to it, but overall for my training or how I want things set up to be able to run, you know, the four, four by four and four by one, I have to do a little bit more. And mm-hmm. like, again, you know, when I was at ISU, Darius Rogers, um, was a one two hundred meter guy. He ran six six zero in the sixty, ten two six in the hundred, and twenty point nine in the two. But he also split forty six two on the four by four. Yeah. You know, and I think by having that balance, is like he was able to to run that fast in all those events and not really. I mean, he ran that forty six two after running the one two four by one in the same day. You know, and I think he doesn't be able to do that and, and maintain it. If I won, I'm doing a crazy amount of volume throughout the whole year. His mm-hmm. his, his body's gonna be shot. CNS system be shut down. Yeah. Um, his legs, you know, just will be dead at that time as a freshman. He did that his freshman year. You know, that's pretty darn amazing to be able to do all that his freshman year. Um, and then you look at, you know, Anderson Devonish. You know, he ran 10, 46, 20.55, and 45. Four by one guy. That probably one ran 39 something. And yeah. he ran 306 in the four by four. He's been able to run those those events, you know, at a conference championship if, if I'm doing a crazy amount of volume at a, you know, especially at, at that level where he's running at. 
you don't want to kill a guy like that because he, yeah. you know, to be honest, he's like, the, he's a moneymaker for you. He's going to get you yeah. to like those bigger meets. You know, you, yeah. you don't want to kill a guy like that. You want to make sure that you're taking care of them, but they're also taking care of the team gold as well. Um, so, I mean, I would say I'm definitely a, a balanced coach, you know, and that's where I kind of learned when I was, when I was at ISU and I said, you know, I'm going to get fired or it's going to work out really <laughs> well for me. Um, is that, you know, I went from doing three workouts a week to dropping down to two mm-hmm. and that Wednesday becoming a recovery day and working on, you know, hip mobility and stuff like that, you know, and changing my plyos up. Cause I think I kind of, I kind of stay stagnant in my plyometrics, you know, and I think, you know, I've heard some coaches say they don't do the plyometrics, you know, it's like, I don't know why. I don't understand yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I've heard coaches say they don't do drills for hurdling. Like okay? I, um, Mondays and Thursday, we're drilling and we'll mm-hmm. come back on a Saturday. We'll do some more drills. Um, so if I had to say anything about my training, it's definitely more balanced. And I think, and I, I've tweaked a little bit more the last year, like because I'm the freshman needs a little bit more um, speed development than I've probably done in the past. Um, a little bit earlier than I usually would do it, just based on what I thought, where, where I wanted them to be at this time of the year, which obviously, as you know, we're at home yeah. in quarantine. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's a balanced one and I, I have to make sure that I, I fit that roster. And last year, I'll, I will admit last year, I did a terrible job of that. I didn't, I, I kind of fit it as if they were running, you know, the women were running, I had a girl and I actually run 23-7. I, I was training them like they were going to run 23-7 and I didn't have that type of talent last year. They were talented, but not that talented, you know, and it's all about kind of fitting what you have and making sure that you adjust it to, to their needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so um, I think I answered most of your questions. I mean, you got a yeah. yeah, that's good. I tend to ramble with the questions. So I think you hit most <laughs> of them, but um yeah, I think kind of closing this up, I think, you know, working um, for Kochi, if, if any recruits are listening, it's definitely somebody that will adapt um, kind of to the to the needs of the team. Um, is that always fun for the athlete? I'm sure not because you're going to – it's going to hurt. Um, trust me, I've, I've taken great joy in watching some of the workouts um, on Fridays in the fall. Um, but it's something that's, that's definitely going to make you better. And, you know, he's not afraid to – um, experiment with different things and, and become that mad scientist at times too. So, you know, if, if you're a sprinter um, or anybody for that matter, I think DIU is a, a great place to come and, and be developed by coaches that, that really care about you. Um, Coach E, thanks so much for joining and, and really opening up the book um, on development, recruiting, all that stuff. Um, awesome interview. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, man. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Yeah, do my best. Don't fire me, please.